I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Check it out. Boxed.com is a sponsor of Rebel Radio, and it lets you stock up on all the household items you need and save time and money. That's boxed.com. You never have to waste half your Saturday again at a warehouse club, at the grocery store, whatever, fighting for parking, waiting in line, all that stuff. That's over. Go to box.com. You can order the bulk items that you use every day. Toilet paper, paper towels, snacks, diapers. I don't know what you use. That's, that's none of my business. That's your business. But you'll get them at low prices. You can order at any time of day from your couch, from your phone. It doesn't matter where you are. And there's no annual membership fee. And uh, they even send samples, free samples of items for you to check out. The best part because you listen to Rebel Radio, you get 20% off. All my listeners get free shipping on their first order and 20% off at box.com. Enter the promo code REBEL. That's B-O-X-E-D.com, promo code REBEL, box.com. What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up, what up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Tina Butterwolf. It's your boy. It's okay. Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Uh -huh. Rebel Radio is going down. What did you say? Rebel Radio? Oh, wait. Let's do it again. What's up, Rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio. I'm your host, Josh Levine. Today, I take you into the belly of the music industry and all the shadiness that it brings. My guest is Bishop Lamont who's just now releasing his debut album, The Reformation, after signing 11 years ago to Dr. Dre's Aftermath Records and going through a ton of politics, having to basically start over, rebuild his career. He's put out a number of underground releases and um, he's got some really amazing lessons about patience, hard work, persevering, just, just never giving up. He describes himself as a street nerd and he's gonna tell us the lessons that he got from the streets, as well as martial arts, as well as uh, just all kind of wisdom. There's good stuff in this episode. I hope you're ready for it. Right after our EDM.com track of the week.
washing dishes, made some bread Then went and bought a pot to piss and ate some bread I got to live, I threw some bread I contradicted contradiction, monster vision Saw this life and I pondered in it I was only 16 when I wandered in it I was living off dreams, now I'm sponsored living I would love to talk, I got a concert This shit is dope Say I fucking sound like Trey Cause I'm great Why must you hate? Why are you Yo, that was Noah North with GOAT, our EDM.com track of the week. If you like that one, check out SoundCloud.com slash hip hop. That's with a hyphen H-I-P hyphen H-O-P for more good hip hop from EDM.com. Now, Bishop Lamont. <laughs> you, you put your radio voice on? Yeah, you got to, man. You got to be ready. Uh, there was this cat. Uh, do you remember Jamalski? No, Jamalski. You, you're too young for that. But like early '90s, like dance hall dude from LA. Damn, from LA, there was a dance hall dude. Uh, no, 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 from New York. Okay, my bad. But he made he like he had records with brand new heavies like that, and it, just the coolest. I'm sure coolest I heard him if he had songs with brand new heavies. I forget that record when they did that. Like they did that collabs record. Uh, now I forgot the name of it, but. Anyway, the dude was like mad cool, and he had he had this one like underground hit, uh, jump spread out, and then like, and so I go see him at a show, and, and I and and we had met one time, but anyway, I, and he's like you know he's dance hall right, so it's all patois, this and that, and then he comes off stage. And it's like, he's not Jamaican. He's just, Shaggy. He's the first Shaggy. Yeah, yeah, like oh, Shaggy. Oh, that's hot. And he's like, and then a fan walks up to say something and he goes right into it. It was oh, hilarious. the character. Yeah, 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 the character. So he was the original Shaggy. I thought Shaggy was the original. That was my first time experiencing that, that. But I was like, okay, I, you know, whatever. That's Characters. How, that's how you want to do it. That's his stage voice. Uh, oh, you know? that's crazy. That's, that's yeah. He, he, yeah. God bless him. I got to spread out, jump spread <laughs> out. It's a good record, though. All right. It's, it's you know it's has it's a little probably dated sound but nah, it's still classic stuff man yeah that's it's good stuff to. um especially brand new heavies I'm like okay I'm sure I heard it as a kid but I'm like I didn't know Jamalski Jamalski okay I'll find I'll it. send it to you it's thank it's, you it's dope the first Shaggy what'd you what'd you come up listening to everything you from Carson uh originally I'm from L A okay I found my way. Oh, God. You know what happens when your parents get divorced, if you're familiar with the way this works, and then you yes, just have to keep moving? Yeah. Moms is, is on our own, so you have to keep moving. So uh, I moved all over, so it made my my social skills really high to, to keep making new friends at different schools and shit, and then you live in different places. So um, I couldn't even begin to tell you. Uh, living everywhere from L.A. to Inglewood, Inglewood to South Central, South Central to the Pueblos, uh, the Pueblos to Buena Park. Uh, out in Anaheim, uh, that to Moreno Valley, Moreno Valley to Compton, and then to Carson. I might have missed one place, but Damn. yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And then a few more times in Carson, but yeah. uh, here we are. Yeah. But uh, I listen to everything, man, because um, my mom and dad, I mean, it wasn't nothing they didn't listen to. So it could be uh, Nat King Cole, it could be Frank Sinatra, it could be Jefferson Airplane, it could be Chicago. It could be Coltrane. It could be, like, there's no telling what it was. So I'm just a weirdo. Wow. Um, yeah, Beatles, Stones, uh, all kind of shit. Uh, even punk music back then, like The Clash. Right? Like, all kind of weirdo shit. It was just, like, um, The Monks. Like, it was all kind of weirdo shit. So. Yeah. Weirdo. Yeah. Hey, man, yeah, welcome. 
That's, that's and of course, great. Bob. You can't, you can't, you can't live without Bob Marley. Yeah, but for sure. I can't listen to everything, man. Yeah. Um, hence why I make the kind of music I do. How, so talk about that. I know we got, we got. I know we got the album coming out. Yes. Redemption. The Reformation. Reformation. See, he don't even yeah, know. I no, I that was it, real. I he said the down. redemption, but Dude. you know what, Josh? You're right. It is a redemption. Do, do I have it wrong? Yes, you do. Oh. It's the Reformation. But you See, are that's right. That's why James edits me out because I fucked no, you up. No, it's all right. Keep that because it's all real. Reformation. It. No, it's all real, and then man. Then I said redemption. You can't edit life in real time. So yeah, the Reformation. But it is my redemption. Um, so so this out. So first of all, when's the record coming out? August 19th for pre-orders through Pledge, August 26th, just iTunes, all that shit for Okay. It. And yeah. Pledge Music, I saw I saw the page. So that's where people can pre-order. Yeah, man. They can support yeah. up front. It's kind of like a Kickstarter, right? Uh, no, not so much a Kickstarter. It's a way to... Shit, I don't even know how to explain it. It's a way to cut those other motherfuckers out from, yeah. from getting into your profit and you're direct to your own fans direct first. Direct fans, okay. Yeah, so not even a Kickstarter is like, we want our shit over here and then we have to touch these other platforms and right. you want to try and blood suckers, fine. But we'll get the bulk of our hardcore diehard fans that have been waiting for it for 11 years. Yeah. To uh, And more since I started on the underground scene, but they can get it there first and it's under our full control and then you go from there. So for folks that don't know the story, you know, I, I, I went on the Pledge of Music page and there's a video, you explaining, <laughs> you know, what's up. And it and it's intense, right? Like you see a lot of those and people are like, oh, it's my new project. I'm really excited, blah, blah, blah. Like yours is a very different story. It's like, it's been 11 years making this. You know, I've been through some shit. Not on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, so talk about that. So, so. Give me the short version. Why did it take 11 years to make this record? Because life can really be fucked up. Life can take a, a huge detour from where you foresaw it, uh, for, from, from how you dreamed it to be. And that's just the world of business. That's the world of entertainment. That's the world of life as a whole. Sometimes things get taken off course. So I'm not here to sound like a victim, but you roll the dice. The choices that you make when you come into mainstream entertainment um, you go to the biggest labels, there are going to be politics and there's going to be circumstances that have nothing to do with you as an artist and they could give a fuck, a flying fuck. No fucks are given. It doesn't matter what your consciousness level is, yeah. what your buzz is, what you can con contribute to your community, what your ultimate goals are for the world. If it's not hitting um, the mark that they want and it's not even nothing to do with you as a company as a whole, if you have no way of making that better, they are not into wanting to spend more money. They want to make more money. And yeah. that and that's basically where it went for me at Aftermath. There were circumstances that were beyond any of our control. That's why people always have everything to say about Dre and blah, blah, blah. And this, you, you don't know the inside. Most people only listen to the music. And for the most part, most people believe the music at face value. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you're already fucked if you believe everything you hear. Sure. But, um a step further is what the construct, uh, or you say the infrastructure, of how these big labels work. Yeah. And, um, you know, people, people, artists are just fuel for the machine. Uh, they're parts that can easily be discarded because they feel like, well, we got six, seven artists in that same genre. We don't need you, blah, blah, blah. So that's what happened for me in the midst of a, a serious um, troubling time at Interscope. And um, 
I got to feel the burn. Uh, I was at the, I'm, I'm, I was at the biggest label in the world of, mm-hmm. of the top people. So with that altitude, there's gonna come some fuckery that you can't imagine. And so getting away from that situation, uh, it was a huge blow. It was a, it was a huge thing because I came into a world that I wasn't used to. Yeah. I wasn't used to having to play by weirdo rules, and it's all about uh, the, the the pin pushers. It's all about the numbers, guys. It's not about the art. It's not about the love. It's not about the passion. It's not about the vision. It's not about whatever you sacrificed or how much you contributed, how much you put into it and as a whole. And so I was like, fuck, fuck your life. This is what you have to do. Right. And so, so you did know, you make a record? Was there? Did you did you finish an album with with Aftermath? Check it out. I, uh, any any diehard fans know. Okay. Um, the whole time I was there, I put out uh, I think five underground albums for free. Right. Um, because between writing for Detox and writing a million songs for that, I was mm-hmm. writing for myself and recording songs. So since I would never get a release date and to keep myself alive, because something that I learned from being there before I was signed, I was a ghostwriter over there for mm-hmm. certain for certain artists that um, saw a similar fate. Uh, but I got I got blessed because I saw it coming, so I knew a different way to navigate. And what I saw was no one's putting out content while they're on this label. Mm-hmm. They get signed, they get to publishing deals, because at that time, if you sign Aftermath, it was key that you sign huge publishing deals. Get that money because working with Dre, it's going gonna, gonna to be incredible. Right. But uh, <laughs> it's not the case. So what they wouldn't do was put out content to let the world know that they existed. Yeah. So what I was concerned with doing was putting out album after album until I had a re- release date. Right. So all I did was record music. I'm ghostwriting for people even when I'm signed there. Mm-hmm. I'm working on Detox and other projects. So, geez, Nigger Noise came out. Mobile came out. Cal Troit came out with me in Black Milk. That was right after uh, the big homie Dylan Proof passed. Um, the Confessional. It's so many underground albums. So mm-hmm. I never stopped making music. That's why it's funny. It was like, my concept is going to be get one free, buy one when it's all said and done. And fans are showing out doing that now because mm-hmm. it's like, those are not mixtapes. I had the biggest producers, artists. It was on my budget. I spent it out my own pocket. But just making sure I had presence and hitting radio at the same time to know right. I'm still here. I didn't disappear into the fold of Interscope and Aftermath. And I'm going to be another unmarked grave in the Aftermath graveyard. So that's how I'm, I'm here now. Mm-hmm. Because fans are like, no, this motherfucker's here. And then we were going on tour as much as we could until I got reprimanded at certain points. It was like, you're not supposed to be on tour. I'm like, wait. I gotta make a living. Right. The, the 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 advance is over. That advance is only supposed to hold you for about three years. And I was very thrifty with that shit. But yeah. you know, and even yeah. at times I was still baby MC Hammer. I took care of a lot of people <laughs> on my little advance, right. uh, Scout's Honor. But um, that's that's that's. I went a long way. I was seeing back in time. But uh-huh. that's that's yeah. what happened. But there was so much music. So when I left, I left with so many hard drives. And uh, I think uh, by then. No bullshit. I think I recorded over like 700 songs because all I did wow. was work. Yeah, I mean, you got to, for, for for me, I come from a hardworking family. I come from sacrifice. I come from, you know, uh, putting yourself up by your bootstraps and there is no time to be lazy. So if you have this opportunity and you're at the biggest label in the world, you're going to work your ass off. Mm-hmm. That was just me before that. Um, that was just a... That was just a um, a regiment that I learned early on uh, so, that was instilled in me. Yeah. So. so take me back before before all that. How'd you How'd you even get started making music? Uh man, my brother. I owe it all to my big brother. Um, he fucking was playing Run DMC one day as a kid, and it started to 
impact me uh, which, subconsciously. Which I couldn't fucking remember. I just remember hearing Run's voice. You yeah. know, I'm a I'm a kid. I'm yeah. not, I'm thinking about fucking cartoons. I'm thinking about Transformers. Yeah. G.I. Joe at the time. Uh, what else was on Smurfs? I don't know. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, and then uh, he kept bringing he kept bringing in things. You hear N.W.A. You hear Ice T. Yeah. You hear Too Short. You hear um, Public Enemy. So it was being ingrained. Uh, without me being aware of it, the next next thing I know, did you know cats that were were making music too? As a kid, no. no. I mean, we on bikes, we hopping right, off right. curves and shit. We, you know, we we doing reckless shit. We're shoplifting. Sure. We're doing stupid shit. Right. Um, but nobody was rapping. Watching porn, uh, sneaking, <laughs> watching porn. Uh, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think anybody. Rapping didn't happen until I was a teenager, and it was okay. a thing. And this was kind of like. I think this was during the housing era. I think this is when housing was the thing and the, the flat tops and the gummies yeah. and the whole, um, that whole movement was jumping off. Jungle uh, Brothers. Polka Dots, Kwame, oh, yeah. like yeah, that yeah. whole thing. I don't know, in, in different uh, sporadic uh, uh, um, like like occurrences. But yep. um, no, um, I saw N.W.A. Um, I saw Public Enemy. Um, live? You saw live? No, no, I'm oh. talking about the videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and hearing Too Short, I remember the first time I heard Too Short and we were living in uh, Buena Park at the time and we were in this apartment building where the cars are in the carport. And so we'd have to sneak to play it. So this is a different time. Mm -hmm. You have to sneak to mm -hmm. play extreme shit. Mm -hmm. So mom couldn't hear all this cussing. I remember the little girls out there playing double dutch. She always want to press the girls and shit and do that. And we love putting on Too Short because he say the nastiest things and make sure. them squeamish. And so I saw in that the power of words. Yeah. So it, it made me perk up like, hmm, the girls... The girls don't like it, but they do like it. Yeah. Mm. So anyway, um, that's how it first impacted. I don't think it was until junior high school, and I went from wanting, because originally I wanted to do art, um, so I wanted to go work for DC or Marvel. Oh, wow. It was crazy because I could just duplicate whatever I saw. So I okay. took a real liking to uh, Jim Lee, um, Rob Liefeld at the time at Marvel, uh, Todd McFarlane, um, Bart Sears over at DC for a lot of things he was doing with Superman and, and other comic books. Yes, I'm a fucking nerd. I have a crazy comic book collection. But um, that's right. It's the it's the year of the nerd. Finally, because this shit that that we was doing then was not cool. We'd be right. fighting with fucking bullies all the time, but we'd, yeah. we'd be knocking the motherfuckers out and getting knocked the fuck out. So it doesn't matter. But it's great to see it. We sacrificed a lot for you motherfuckers now, just being so proud to be nerds. That shit wasn't the shit back then. But um, all of a sudden. I didn't want to draw anymore. I, I got rid of my easel. I got, I got rid of my paints. I got rid of all my shit, and I and I wanted an NPC. And mm. I, but first, my doctor rhythm. My mom was like really in my corner. My mom and my big brother are very essential cornerstones in empowering me to go after something that I loved. Yeah. I I don't know what happened. One day, I just couldn't write anymore. And I had more of a love for poetry and the music. Mm. And then I just started fucking rapping. And the rest is now going to be history and is history. But yeah, and that's. That's how it happened, man. I just, for, we was in the homies treehouse in Reno Valley, Jelani, I'll never forget it. And it was after school and we just started fucking freestyling. It was like, this is the thing to do, you gotta start freestyling. And we started freestyling, man. And from then on, um, it was active. It was active in my heart. Mm -hmm. um, I couldn't think of any other way, like 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 um, the molecules, everything, man, said, we're gonna do hip hop now. I don't know. That's, 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 that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. And so do you remember your first time on stage or, or in front of a crowd? Oh, man. Um, 
Or was it just like in the cipher? The cipher start first. You have yeah. to start in the ciphers. If you don't start in the ciphers first, you're not really official. Yeah. Personally to me, uh, you know, I treat it like martial arts. Like if, if you're not really with your shifu, you're not really training, you're not really in the dojo, you're not doing the daily chores, and all of a sudden you, you know, um, trying to do wide kicks and, and, and mm -hmm. be Van Damme, uh, mm -hmm. like, and realize how much time Van Damme put into it. They think when they see people on TV, like the motherfuckers, it's just there. But right. you, you can't be TV stars before you do the real work. So uh, for me, it was the ciphers. But first, it was getting the nerve up to enter the ciphers. So you really had to do your daily chores at home and by yourself. Because even um, even then, with my mom working all the time and my brother moved away for a while with, with Pops, I was introverted. I didn't have mm -hmm. a lot of friends. I didn't have a lot of access to things, especially we're still living in the inner city. The best thing to do was to stay out the streets. So my mom was like, you right. got to stay indoors, especially over in the Pueblos. Um, in the projects, it's like, yo, because you can fall victim to a lot of shit. So I'm, I'm introverted at this point. I'm by myself. So it was enough time to focus on freestyles and, and reading up on it, uh, listening to the music. So um, I started there. Mm -hmm. I started there with training and getting up the balls to enter the ciphers at school and, and getting chopped down, coming back, you know, uh, every day. Yeah. Going to Project Blow, going to Good Life, <laughs> yep. um, Unity Concerts, and of course, ultimately, getting your first chance on the Wake Up Show. Mm -hmm. And that well, went very was bad that? the first time. I don't remember. It's okay. just Carmelita can be fucking stone cold on you. Anybody <laughs> that's that's done the Wake Up Show that's knows. That's her job, man. We love Carmelita. Yeah, she, that's what would happen. I didn't, yeah. I didn't, I didn't appreciate her fucking then. I'll tell you that. <laughs> you know, and the room was crowded. I think this is when it was on Yucca Street. Yeah, um, I remember. Damn it, I keep saying um, but um, <laughs> it 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 was paralyzing. Because you finally got this chance to be on the wake up show and every and, and the way Carmelita treated me, like who the fuck are you? Basically, you know, she, she can just give you that stare and that voice. Yeah. And our John Forte was there. It was a lot of people there because this was during like the supreme reign of the Fugees. Mm -hmm. And people be like, who? For those that don't know the Fugees, you'd be like, Wyclef. You'd be like, who's Wyclef? The Haitian guy. <laughs> the Haitian guy. Wyclef was amazing. Prize was amazing. Lauren Hill was super incredible at this time before the miseducation even happened. But anyway, so it's super pressure in the room. Yeah. And I'm ready to finally get my turn because people kept going over me, cutting me off, taking their turn. And I learned then a, a, a understanding that no matter if you earned your spot, people are going to still try to take that away from you. And so when I go That's to open lesson. my voice, oh, cold lesson. And all the listeners, it's your dream. You even told your boys, tune in, I'm going to be on the wake-up show. And you choke up. I choked the fuck up. Ugh. It was cold. It was cold. And then they just cut you off. It's like, fuck out of the way. And then John Forte, whoever kept going, because it was a cypher. Yeah. John Forte, whoever else was out there, and myself. And I was like, oh, this is going to be the moment. Nah, son. And uh, my boy, Nick, Nick, Nick the Wizard. Because he was assistant to Sway at the time and okay. also did stuff for RZA. He got me on because he's from Carson. And I just I just let everybody down. And I, I went home and I trained from there again. Like I'm not because I didn't I didn't I didn't account for a Carmelita mm -hmm. or any hecklers or a Guardians of the Gate. So from then on, I was staunch on just I don't give a fuck. And I'm gonna bully, I'm gonna brolic, and I'm gonna get my shit heard. And so it went it went from there. Did you so you know, if you think back to that night or the next day was the oh, next day was worse. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. Did, did you did you think about giving up? 
not giving up. You just you just feel like an ass. You feel yeah. like the ass. You feel like the worst ass end of a terrible fucking joke. Not even a funny joke, a bad fucking joke. And all your friends when you go back to school. See, this is the difference. They're gonna. It wasn't like everybody. Well, nobody had cell phones back then like that. Right. So motherfuckers call your house directly and talk shit to you or when you go in the neighborhood and talk shit to you. But then when you get in school, it's a lot of people that are waiting to unload on you for fucking up on the radio. For sure. Some out of true, brutal love, honesty, like, yo, you fucked up. But others, because they're jealous and they hate it because yeah. we all ciphering it. How the fuck did you get that opportunity? And they're just giving you, like, the most vile, vomit, just acid rain on your ass. So, um... Nah, it just it just made me want to go harder, yeah. you know, because you got to face the music, yeah. literally and figuratively. So um, <clears throat> it just made me it made me go that much harder. I was already doing stunt work uh, with my teachers, um, uh, Usani Lam, Kofi Lam, and Carson. Um, mm. They were teaching African wrestling and jujitsu and other forms in Carson. And of course, our counterpart was the Gracies and Torrance. So mm -hmm. always in martial arts, so I already had another kind of thinking and discipline. So. Yeah. It was just train harder. You, you're yeah. gonna lose some matches. You're gonna get punched in your fucking face, and that's what those kind of instances taught me. And then uh, it just made me a beast, man. Mm -hmm. And then I was when I came back to the wake up show, I shut that shit the fuck down. How how long was that? I don't remember. Yeah. I, Cause you know when they have people on, it's gotta be booked, and then right. they're like the same fucking guy. No, we're not this. We, we did that for you, Nick. We're not letting this cocksucker right. back up here. So it took a whole nother way of earning it to finally <laughs> get back up there. And when I had the chance. I burn that shit the fuck down. I, yeah. I get to go to Friday night, Friday night flavors with Chalk. What up, Chalk? Uh, and everybody over there um, do the same fucking thing wherever I went. Cause we used to train uh, for 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 freestyles. Me, Snoop's little brother, Pretty Tony, mm -hmm. Roscoe, Corrupt's little brother, uh, Hit. We used to drive from L.A. to San Diego to go do our demos in this little tiny studio that was behind a liquor store. So. Our game used to be, until we get there, we had to do shit to keep ourselves busy. So we practiced freestyle. You have to freestyle nonstop all the way to San Diego. And if you stop, you get punched. So wow. that was our shit. We yeah. did it like military shit. So yeah. if you if you didn't start as soon as the beat dropped, if, if, if you stop, yeah. like somebody else got to pick it up. And it trained us to just freestyle forever. And that mm -hmm. was something I was always in love with from seeing Supernatural and different MCs, Black Thought, that did that. Yeah. So that was my that was my training. So then... It became nothing to do freestyling, but we made sure it was fortified. Mm -hmm. And then it was easy. It was like, oh, look at these cats. They're going into their written bag. Ha, 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 ha. You haven't been punched in your mouth for not freestyling. You haven't <laughs> been punched in your chest. This shit's going to make you work. Right. So, yeah, we, 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 we did it like, like the Marines and shit when yeah. it came to that. Yeah. Hey, check it out. Rebel Radio is brought to you by Wix.com. Do you need a website? No, let me tell you, you do need a website. And you can do it yourself with Wix.com, no matter what business you're in. If you got a startup, your music career, your uh, earwax collection, I don't know what you're doing. Whatever it is, you need a website. And Wix is used by more than 84 million people worldwide. It makes it easy to get your website live today. You can spend time on your business. Don't spend time building your website. There's hundreds of designer-made templates to choose from. Use the drag-and-drop editor. You drop in your images, your videos your copy, and next thing you know, you have a beautiful website that you built yourself. It's fast, it's easy, it's free. We did it with rebelradio.net. Check it out, and you can see the amazing work you can do with Wix.com. You're too busy with everything else? Stop worrying about your website. Wix.com, it's easy and free. Go to wix.com, create your own website today, send it to us, and we will promote it online. All right.
So when did you start to feel like, like, it, it, like this could be a career and this could really happen? Was there something? You know what? You just you you a kid or whoever. If if you just love your dream, and I close my eyes so I can see it sincerely, um, you don't. You're not thinking about a career. It's mm -hmm. just what gives you purpose. It it's what numbs pain it's what heals pain it's what gives you value it's what gives you purpose so it's just something that you're finally fucking good at and you're happy and it's making other people treat you a certain way and receive you a certain way and see you a different way that you're not thinking about it being a career so i i see myself go from local underground kid to starting to really get shine in ciphers to getting up to the radio stations, doing drops for all the different DJs and air personalities at the Beat and Power and 99.1 and all this stuff, to starting to make full songs and then seeing those received. And then the next thing you know, people are giving you their car talking about, come see me. So you, mm -hmm. didn't, you didn't realize that it was going to be that until you're starting to sit in offices. Right. But you're still not seeing it as a business. This is just <clears throat> hip-hop one-on-one dreams. Yeah. You hear about the, the A&Rs. <laughs> Right. You hear about the offices and these big deals and these limousines. Like you heard it, you know. Yeah. Um Run DMC. Uh pulled up, put up, what do you say? Pulled up in a limousine and we never came back, however he said it. You know what I mean? Um we dream of that. We wanna yeah. we wanna roll with Rush. We want all these dreams. And um so I didn't see it. I didn't I didn't see it until motherfuckers started throwing money at me and I'm in New York for a huge bit more. I'm all over the place. And then it's very overwhelming. And, you know, uh that wasn't what I originally planned it for. You know, you, you don't know how you're gonna end up there and sure. then, then you're there. And all of a sudden there's all this big talk and these all these big words and you need lawyers and then all of a sudden there's a million clingers on. It goes from your crew to people you've never seen before saying they're gonna do this for you and that for you and don't worry about a thing and it becomes a clusterfuck. So didn't 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 see it that way. I just yeah. I was just going for it. Yeah. Well we were talking about this earlier, it is you know, the the middlemen. Ah, right. fuck the middleman. Yeah, we've heard that. We've heard that on this show before. Um, but the music business is like, it's it's all, it's all middlemen. It should right? be. I, no, I understand that. Yeah, but but it is right for the most part. It is if you allow it to be, because it'll be set up that way until you become conscious of it. Right. So you have to you have to live and learn. It's also a thing of. Self-reliance, self-preparation, self-education, and confidence. Because a lot of times in these situations, like when I first came in, but I, I did a lot of research once it really started to go down, something that was always a saving grace was, for me was that I was a fucking nerd. Mm. I was a street nerd. So as much as I was in the dojo and training and, and, and doing stunt work, hanging off buildings and crashing cars with my big homies doing that, I also was in the books because with, you know, with, with anything, it comes serious. Um, observation and research. So once I started doing the research and they would be saying shit that they thought was going over my head and I'm like, wow, they think I'm a nigger. They really, these racist motherfuckers really think I'm just a monkey rapping and I don't know what you're saying. All right, bro. I, I got more syllables. I got mm -hmm. more in a lexicon. Lexicon? Did you say Lexus? No, I said lexicon. Uh, but... Uh, there shouldn't be a middleman. So right. middlemen will come in and play to your fears. They will play to your insecurities and go, I got this. You just focus on the music. That's what you know best. Right. But it's like, wait, bitch, the business, the numbers is where it, nothing else matters if the business isn't right. Yeah. So I, I was always staunch on that, especially even in my experience. And I did everything right. And 
you know, that's the stuff they never talk about. I had to switch lawyers like three times to get it done right because mm -hmm. some people were playing ball with them. They were on mm -hmm. the inside. Sure. Made, yeah, it's like most people won't realize that. You got to keep going over contracts. You got to watch them. You got to watch everybody. They don't. They don't fathom that. So I always say you can be as dope as you want on the microphone, but you should be even doper as a businessman. As much as you want to, back then, you know, we had Source, we had XXL, still here, but you had Rap Pages, you had all these different magazines, and everything is online. You have all these pictures on your wall, you're doing all this. Well, you should have a lot of business books on your wall, and you should be in those as well. Uh, fuck unsigned hype. You should be reading, you know, what your points look like, mm -hmm. how you should work with publishing. Um what 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 the what 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 everything is going to be when you look at your your record deal whatever your issue is be it production deal uh or be it full out but that's the trick and so artists have to be more self-reliant that's why i love the independent scene i wish well it happens the way it happens for a reason i can't say i wish i i knew then what i know now because i kind of did i just went full-blown to a, a idol a hero i didn't intend on running into um how'd you how did how'd you and dre find each other uh, it's funny because I was at Interscope uh, using their mailing room to send out my shit on mm -hmm. cheat codes. Mm -hmm. I will not say any names because some of them still work there and I appreciate it. So uh, we were working I on- had, I had one of those mail rooms. Bam! Yeah. Uh, it's work. It's smart. It's smart. Use the system. But I think I met him doing the Up and Smoke tour and I was there to do stunt safety with Usan and then remember at the beginning of the Up and Smoke tour and Aaron the liquor store? Yeah. Okay, most of those guys were all guys I trained with. Okay. Yeah, so I was there. And that was the first time I met him. When I officially met him as a rapper, because I was doing ghostwriting over there mm -hmm. later on because of the Interscope connection, but I would never meet him. So I'm I'm working with Mike Lynn and the other cats, Zach Katz, whoever would send me through to do stuff. Um hey, um, excuse me, I'm working on that. But I would right. I, I met Dre later on the video set for Game's Dreams video. Okay. And I was supposed to run into Kanye there because I got word through the grapevine that he got a hold of a mixtape or something I had and wanted to meet, but he wasn't there. And Dre was there, so I was like, fuck it. I broke onto the set, because we did break onto the set. Mm -hmm. We didn't get there, you know, on permission. Mm -hmm. we, we we broke onto the set, got in that motherfucker. was like, once we in, we know people. And so I just, we took it, we stole a golf cart. We got in that bitch. We took a lot of risk. You got to take risk for your dreams, number one, anything you're trying to do. But uh, we got in there, was around for hours. No, Kanye was a no-show. And then I saw Dre come out, and I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to give him the demo. Mm -hmm. And that's how it started. It was just like, yo, mm, sorry to bother you, but Bishop Lamont from L.A., this is my demo. I don't know verbatim what I said. I was nervous as shit, but I was like, fuck it. I'm going to do it. I'm here. I might Shit, I almost got arrested for this shit. Fuck it. And right. um, he took it. And then, like, a few weeks later, he was on the radio saying he's been listening to this kid, and he'd like to sign him. And that's how the shit started. It was real weird. Got real Twilight Zone-y from there yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it happened. Yeah. Weird. That's amazing. I think so. It's pretty cool. So, and then, you know, as you told us earlier, you know, it all kind of went... Sideways. It went sideways. Upside down. There. That's right. Swirly. Dizzy. Underwater. Shit pal. So at that point, <laughs> so do you do you consider giving up at that point, or or do you, or how do you how do you pull it back together? It takes years to pull it back together. I am such a dick when it comes to being hard headed and not relenting on anything that I believe in, 
Come hella high water, as they say. Even yeah. fuck the sun. I'll stare at the sun. Fuck you, sun. Burn out. Burn out first. <laughs> fuck you. I'll find enough water to put you out. I, I get that from my dad. Thank you. Um, of just being that relentless and just fuck it. Even if I'm not conscious of it and I have to go into uh, automatic I will not stop. So it took everything, but I had to get away from it. I had to go into exile because I was so tired of being under a microscope and all the scrutiny and everybody thinking they knew what happened and they didn't because the whole time people wanted me to fail. The whole time while I was there, I, I helped empower a whole coast. I was going taking meetings for other artists trying to put them on because my concept at that time was even in the midst of my bullshit from day one was let's get more people signed let's mm. hit these radio stations and say why is there more new west coast artists being played why isn't there more artists emerging from la and elsewhere up and down this coast and we need to unify and the old regime has learned a bad way of business and a slave plantation mentality of i'm going to sign you to me and i'm going to fuck you the same way i was fucked at the label mm -hmm. so you see this uh continuous perversion of the molestation scenario of I was touched so now I'm going to touch you and we're going to continue this fuckery so I was fighting all that so I was mm. having secret wars with a lot of your favorite old school west coast artists as well as whoever else and I was taking a lot of burn for trying to open the doors but that's just me I'm going to go after what's right and what's going to unify and what's going to help to stimulate the market because the more people out there makes the business better and touches that many more lives and gives people opportunities to get out of these fucked up neighborhoods, one, for a little while, because they could end up being another number mm -hmm. or another inmate. Two, you can come back and fix your community and fix up your community and bring more people out. So that's where my mind always was and remains to this day. So even in the beginning, earlier stages of that whole notion sparking, that spark happening, it's been evolved and totally manifested now. So I was always that guy. So I knew it was bigger than music. It mm -hmm. wasn't about me being a star. It was about getting a position to empower people and continuing that mentality and strengthening that mentality and making sure there's a Justice League, again, nerd references, there's a Justice League for the good guys in the business and for artists in the business. But yeah. the ego comes in and vanity comes in and artists forget what I had done for them. And I said, all you have to do is pay it forward. Mm -hmm. And this is before the Pay It Forward movie. This is a billion years mm -hmm. before. And it was just pay that energy forward and keep that construct and evolve and modify that construct as you see fit, but make sure that each one teach one and we put each other on. And that's what it was for me. So was it there, took... Was there somebody... I mean, a lot of people talk about that, right? You know, uh, you know, Russell always talked about... Yeah. You know, hip-hop has, has a vehicle for black empowerment right uh you know cube used to talk about uplifting right you know um and building financial independence right that's been and and you know most of what we've seen play out is those guys kind of forget that as soon as you fucking right I was about to say we saw the play we saw the opposite happen yeah. absolutely and so but but you know was there somebody doing that 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 you saw as a model? Dame Dash. Okay. Never gets the credit he deserves. Yeah. Will always remain one of my idols. A great human being. In the midst, I, I met him in the midst of Rockefeller falling apart and everything, and that man still was taking time. And out of all the meetings I took ever, 
because I had a huge bidding war. Because you know, once Dre says your name, everybody wants to throw a million dollars at you. Of so I, I'm 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 with Clive Davis, and he's falling asleep with his guys at the table listening to the music, and he wakes up and goes, "Was it good? Was it? Is it oh, it's amazing! Oh, and he fall back asleep to oh to uh, to Sylvia Rhone. I mean, you name it, everybody. I had a meeting another day, and the dude fell asleep. See, yeah, you and know I, what I'm talking I just about. Knew, like, should I just let myself out? Because right, like, what's going it's on not here? Going anywhere. And he's got the young guys in there telling him, "Oh, it's hot! It's crazy! It's crazy, Clive! It's crazy!" I love it because it's fucking Clive Davis, and I know his history. Right. But the realest meeting I had, Dane was just like, "Dude, you look like you're more than a fucking rapper. Mm. So you need to be in the real estate. You need to be in the fashion design. You need to be into." Uh, the film industry writing because you don't look like you're just some fucking da dun da dun and he was the realest fucking dude through it all and helped me navigate uh, so much bullshit that would befall me unbeknownst to me mm. so Dame is someone I saw very key on doing that because people never give him his credit but I go please go back and look at everything that he accomplished with Rockefeller and be like what about Jay without Dame and Jay yeah. that wouldn't have happened and Is, Biggs in that situation, people never want to give him that. Now, right. also, look what Dame did with a Kanye West who nobody was fucking checking for. They forget that Dame signed Kanye West, mm -hmm. not Jay-Z. Mm -hmm. And they'd be like, no, no, we just see niggas in Paris. No, bitch. Dame took that chance first. I right. know the story very fucking intimately because I was there. You also see a Kevin Hart before anybody's fucking with Kevin Hart in a lot of the Rockefeller films. Now mm -hmm. Kevin Hart is household name. Mm -hmm. Look at what this dude this this dude's done again and again for the culture and just for how it impacts the world. Fashion, uh, the the investments in alcohol, which I don't do. I've loved alcohol for many years, but I won't do that. But look, the Armadale shit, whatever it was, the the Rockaware, how right. powerful that was. Yeah. Dame did that. Mm -hmm. I can't really speak for many other people, especially off the top of my head in real time, but I can say that without blinking. Dame was that because everybody would talk that empowerment and bull, bull, bull. You know, that's bullshit because like I always tell people, they'll these cats will get on their pro-black shit and, you know, we got to stick together and they will do us more foul than the so-called white devil in these situations when they got their dashikis on and they're feeling all, you know, <laughs> headed for self-destruction. You'll fuck us worse through the disarmament through trying to make us feel comfortable through those kind of speeches. So you right. would see them reflecting our supposed oppressors because for me, hip hop wasn't just to empower black people, it was empowering the oppressed period, the mm -hmm. poor period. And poverty has no discrimination against whatever fucking color. So hip hop sure. gave way that fucking everybody, whatever the fuck you were, you could have an opportunity to get out. And that's all I cared about. If mm -hmm. this is gonna keep you from going to jail, this is gonna keep you from, having no money, this is gonna keep you from killing yourself, this is, you know, whatever it is, if this is gonna get you out of your PTS, because we all are experiencing PTS from living in inner cities and, and going to jail and just fucked up everyday life, believe it or not, if you see a therapist, you'll be like, oh, I got PTS, I didn't know that. Um, but that's 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 what I wanted for hip hop, and, yeah. that, and I didn't see that. And I'm in it by myself, and I'm actually the real deal. You know, mm -hmm. the way I talk now is the way I talk every day. Mm -hmm. I'm Philip more than I'm Bishop. If Philip would have been a better name to rap with, then I would have just fucking been Philip. You right. know, because I'm Philip every day, and I yeah. forget. Like when we were at the show at the Chalice Festival uh, a little while back, and I'm with Qua, and we're about to hit the stage. He's like, "You got to rock too," and I'm like, "Oh yeah, I am a rapper, huh? I'm just I'm just here because I want to see Wu Tang, but um, and see him rock, um, right. but." 
I'm more about the human aspects of it in everyday life because that's what's really important, what goes on in the studio. All that shit is important, don't get me wrong. Shooting the videos, the the, the live stage performances, but who you are when the cameras aren't watching you, who mm-hmm. you are with people when nobody else is around, the choices that you make really are what defines you as a human being, as a man or woman, whatever you want to say. So that's where I've always been and that's where I'll remain and I'm staunch in that, you know. Message. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's great. I'm sorry. Everybody fell asleep out there. It was like, what is he talking about? No, no, no. I took you on a journey. That's good. No, because, you know, ultimately we're, it's, it's about these things that drive you, right? Like, you know, anybody can sit and write a song. Anybody, clearly. Listen to the radio. Right. Anybody. Fuck out of here. So it's really down to, you know, what's, what's inside that, that has to get its way out and what's driving you to do all this and to go through years of rebuilding and, you know, the ups and downs that ultimately, you know, a lot of people face in different ways. Yeah. Um, t- let's talk, talk about the music a little bit. Like, you know, you, you, you know, the sound that I'm hearing, um, you know, has, I think it's a very interesting, I think, you know, you've called yourself the platinum backpacker <laughs> or, or somebody's called you that. Somebody called me that shit. Uh, it's just like, okay, I'll dip it. But, I'll dip my gen sport in platinum. <laughs> but there's like, uh, you know, there's elements of, you know, I think the West coast and hip hop in general is, has been very divided between sort of mainstream and underground and everywhere. Yeah. Um, and you know, your sound, like you seem to kind of balance those two things in a really interesting way. You know, I'm in some ways like I'm reminded of Exhibit. Yeah. Shouts um, out to Exhibit. I know I know you got I know you worked with him. We working right now. Okay. Open bar. Yeah. Um right and so it just in in the sense of, you know, cuz he would be, you know, with the licks and with with King all the T. underground stuff and then, you know, he'd be with Snoop and Andre and um um and so how like I'm curious like, is that conscious that you're bringing these elements together or is it just, you know, all these influences just hit you and stuff the, comes out? The, I think the most simple way to explain it is that I just love hearing fucking great music uh, from 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 being underground, super, super, super backpack, lyrical, lyrical, lyrical. I don't know what the fuck he's saying to just hearing incredible melodies that make you feel in fewer words. So understanding that balance, that concept of just creating an incredible experience in a song is all I gave a fuck about yeah. and to this day do. Because when I hear so much lyrical, 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 the whole key to a song is to give people medicine and to communicate something. So if it's above their heads and they've got to go research it, you've lost them. Except unless you're trying to code some shit. Right. And that's just for the underground movement. Like, yo, this is some shit you, some anonymous shit. Like, okay, it's only for the beat hearts. But right. This is a lesson that I took to heart because when I looked at the greatest, some of the greatest musicians and the greatest musician, when you look at Michael Jackson's music and you look at a song like Man in the Mirror, which I listen to all the way here, Mm. especially in these times, when you listen to fucking Earth Song, there's no hook. That shit is just, it's wow. Mm -hmm. So I understood that there needs to be a certain vibration there needs to be a certain feeling and then there needs to be a message that is universal it's not restricting anybody it's not it's not it's not um purposely centered around yourself so i went from 
making lyrical, lyrical songs and the battle scene because that's how you start because you're trying to be like the dopest MC. And then you start to you start to realize, and I realized this from the training side of 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 wrestling, African wrestling, jujitsu, um, boxing, kickboxing. Mm -hmm. People be talking shit on songs that they can't do in real life. And you'd be like, you're going to get knocked the fuck out. All right. You're mm -hmm. talking all this. You can pick up planets and you're picking up cars and you, you know, these motherfuckers have never shot a gun in their life. Can't even aim a gun right when you see them in the videos. Right. All this shit. I stabbed. I killed. You drink green tea and you're squeamish at the sight of blood. So when you have all these things that are projections of their ego and their lies, I lose interest and you can do all the bars and all the patterns. But what does it achieve? Mm -hmm. It's a, it's it's utilized to try and establish yourself as being the best. OK, the best for me to me is a Michael Jackson, is a Prince, is a Bob Marley. You know what I'm saying? Is a Johnny Cash. You know, mm -hmm. you can keep going. Are, are people who impacted society at large and raised their awareness. Like I, I challenge anybody, put one of your motherfucking songs on and then play any Bob Marley. And he's going to shut you the fuck down as soon as the song starts. Mm -hmm. And so that's the difference for me when I would look at real life. And so I came up seeing the gangster rap, which was needed when it was reality-based. Mm -hmm. It needed to be put in your face because there was a world that didn't understand that and realized that that was real life. Right. I came up and heard you know, all the rock and roll songs, the jazz songs, even fucking Kenny G. <laughs> and it was, you know, it was sexy. Um, um, Quiet Storm type shit, yeah. 94.7 The Wave, for those who are not familiar, it's a great fucking radio station still is they, wow. they they didn't really got heavy now i i have to i have to get away from fucking rap but yeah, i listen to I've everything um so the balance like you asked i don't want to go way off on another tangent you saw it consciously happen with artists that started to emerge on the mainstream spectrum and see don't be afraid of when you're saying mainstream just say global say say more 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 global consciousness more people are hearing it's not just you talking to people in your hood that only stand what you're saying there are hoods all around the world so that's where i started to take my music but i was always concerned about people being able to enjoy it because i saw a lot of people believe that their voice was enough and their voice was more important than the music and i say there's only one motherfucker that went multi-platinum off just his voice and that's bobby mcferrin so don't think and he only did that shit once okay there's never been another don't worry be happy so don't fool yourself and think it's all about your voice the music has to be key and what is your real message so for me i've totally taken ego out of the equation and i'm more concerned with being a servant when i create these songs and that's the balance for me mm. when i got to aftermath i already knew because i was at aftermath before the challenges i faced they're going to try to change me they're going to try to make it more aggressive they're going to try to make it more street right well funny thing is i'm already in the streets and the streets feel the fucking music. Right. And I'm knowing all these gangbangers, I'm knowing all these street dudes, and they love me and respect me for not going their route. Yeah. But they know I have heart. They know I'm real. And, you know, real is so cliche. You hear fake people say they're real, so that shit's double fake. But I didn't have to make any of those adjustments. Right. I was already rooted in the streets as well as everywhere else. So that was, that was me just consciously seeing it and seeing where other people went wrong when they tried to go so mainstream. Mm -hmm. There has to be a balance, and that balance is just being honest. So that's just where I stand with making the music, especially when you listen to where I am now. And if you go back and listen to what I used to do, there's always still the influence of the consciousness and where I'm trying to reach. But I knew there was a way. I have to talk people's languages when I go into their countries, mm -hmm. go into their world, so to speak, when in creating the music to bring them in and then bring them what I need. Now I've just learned how to just make world music because fuckery happens to everybody 
all around the world throughout the universe. Mm -hmm. So that's just what the the new formula for the music is. It's just in your face, uncompromising truth. Um, are you? Are you? I know you mentioned real shit. Real shit, son. I know you mentioned a lot of the classics, right? That that have influenced you in different ways, or that yeah. you appreciate. Are you conscious of the new influence of bringing new influences in? over time or or are you conscious of stuff that you want to keep out i want to keep out bullshit <laughs> and okay. i quote i want to keep out bullshit by bullshit i mean i don't want to inject anything that's not truth i don't want to send people in different directions it's funny because as a weirdo scientist and understanding frequencies from working with so many different engineers and mixing songs and just studying sound yeah you'll you'll please do the research. Anything I'm saying could be bullshit. I always tell people, research every fucking thing I'm saying. It can be bullshit. Trust me. Right. Um, there are frequencies intentionally put out that are self-destructive. It's self-destructive music. You can see the difference, again, when you listen to a Bob Marley song and then you listen to most stuff that's compressed and smashed on the radio. These frequencies, as any person that really understands music, vibrations affect the molecular structure in the body. It does things to your mind. It does things to your spirit. It puts you in different moods. So long ass answer. So that's what I mean by bullshit to begin with. Mm -hmm. I'm very conscious of the song construct and what I'm creating. Then I'm very conscious of the words. Favorite guy of mine, Terrence McKenna, talks about words being the, the very fabric of the universe. Mm -hmm. You can see that anywhere, the power of words and the power of sound. So then I'm very conscious of the words that I'm using. I'm very conscious of the way I'm putting the words together okay. and, and what's really necessary. So I don't work from a place of wanting to be on songs, mm, I fuck all these bitches and my big dick and these titties and I've got all the money and look at me in this car and all this. That shit's, right. that shit's, that shit's some bitch-ass shit. And I quote, quote me, it's some bitch-ass shit because most of the world is living below the poverty line. Um, so shut the fuck up with that fake shit. I'm tired of seeing people on Instagram or on Twitter or in their videos throwing their money around and taking their money out of shoeboxes. Real wealth is when you can't count your fucking money. So mm. guess what? You're not fucking rich. Dude, they don't understand that. that, though. They be like, look at all shoebox. Motherfucker, ask, ask Warren Buffett to do that. He can't do that. <laughs> all right? Cut that shit out. I love so that. I want to I wanna, I wanna be able to give people... My music is a form of therapy. My music is... Now, and what I was trying to fight before uh, for was that my voice is a collection of everyone's voice, uh, no matter race, color, creed, gender, identification, whatever the fuck you want to say, alien, it's about the human condition and it's about you being able to get therapy, receive soul protein, receive ideas, solutions, also hear the things that you might be afraid to say. Yeah. As, as artists, we're supposed to be servants who say everything that the people can't say and say it for them. And you take the brunt of that ridicule. You take blah, blah, blah. I don't give a fuck. I stand by what the fuck I say because I made sure before I wrote it or while I was writing it, is this shit right? Mm. Should I be saying this? Yes, it's, it's, it's needed. So that's where my music is. It's to be a servant. I'm not out to be the best rapper and all this. I think I'm out to be one of the best servants. I think um, that's what's most important for me now and, and to be able to cause a consciousness shift. Um, in, in the collective.
uh, throughout this globe of what we're facing right now. So that's where the music is for me. And I want to make sure it's still enjoyable. I don't want it to be depressing right. because the facts of the matter and when you really look at everything going on can really depress you. So you got to dip in and dip out. If you keep looking at all the people being killed and all the devastation around the world and the, and the starvation, whatever, 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 people getting laid off, all the shit, suicides, whatever, you, you're not too happy. It's not, it's not sure. too bright and fun outside. So I want to make sure that the music is conveyed in a way to release these demons, to give people therapy. That's where it is for me now. Oh, I do want to ask, like, in the sea of cookie cutter, like, rappers, you seem the most conscious one. And how do you, how do you see yourself staying away from that? Like, not falling into that trap? Versus, like, all the new rappers. Okay, that's, that's great. That's a sexy fucking question. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I want to say it on the mic, but. Oh, I thought we, he just was. Uh, okay, that was great. We won't Man, pick him up. That was so real. Thank you. That was so real from the heart. Go ahead. You ask him <laughs> Yeah, now. no, I don't know if we'll pick him up. <laughs> Give him the credit now. That's right. When you, when you ask it. Yeah, James had a great question. Uh, you know, given everything you're just talking about in terms of, you know, making mu music that's real to you and that resonates with real people around the world and reflects the things that we're all going through, no matter where we come from in life, right? But, you know, at the same time, when you're when you're writing, you know, it's easy to fall into those cliches, right? right. Those those patterns that work, so you keep doing them, right? And, and so, how do you check yourself and kind of, you know, stay out of that? How do you, how do you keep in touch with what's what's real for you? See what you did, James. Great question. Now I'm going to get introspective. <laughs> we got the incense going. For, yeah, yeah, sage. Oh, sage, <laughs> get rid of that negative juju. <laughs> For me, I live it every day, and I'm working on my best self to serve not only my family, my daughter, uh, my, my neighbors, my community, and the world better. So I'm always checking my ego at the door. I had a great conversation with uh, an incredible lady named Charlene that works at Aniracom, and I talked to her about always killing my ego, even though it comes back to life. She says, it's not about killing the ego, it's about charming the ego. Yeah. And I make sure that what I'm doing is for the betterment of the listener because that's peace for me as well. It's a two-way street for that. I'm fulfilling my obligations in my mind of how I perceive myself. I've always been a servant. It's very hard for me to be selfish. I'm more selfless to a point where almost there's no me. And that's the lesson I learned from the first time going through the machine. Mm. So... That end of the spectrum versus these new artists coming in that haven't experienced all this shit that I've seen. For artists nowadays, when you used to have to work in the streets with handing out your CDs, all you got to do is set up a SoundCloud now. Right. Having to raise money through construction work or other ways to get studio time, which was expensive as fuck, because you couldn't have a home studio at this time unless you were like a rock star. Right. Now anybody can have a studio and it's sure. nothing to them. Yeah. So I valued all these things because I came from one of the last generations before the internet really exploded and everything was an app and everything was at home and and converted and, and made easier, more accessible. So I value all this from a different level and I see the real power of it. I didn't see the power at first because it was more, I'm, I'm in the trenches and I'm just looking at what I'm doing. Then when I got to Aftermath and started seeing the impact that it made when things would hit the radio, how people react either positively or negatively, I started to see where I stood. Mm -hmm. Even though I'm in the midst of fighting with Interscope and all this crazy shit, I'm seeing all these lessons in real time. It's fucking Vietnam for me on many different levels. 
So surviving that, and even you remember in the Rambo movies when that motherfucker just had to live out in the jungle? Yeah. I finally just came home. <laughs> Believe it or not, I had to survive out in that shit. Right. You know? Uh, 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 and also felt like Arnold Schwarzenegger at the end of Predator. Like, you saw he was just sitting in a helicopter. <laughs> Motherfucker's like, whoa, this, I don't know about that. What, what's this old shit you're talking about? Yeah, I'm 37. This this was a while ago. But that, that kind of state of shock is what I went through and still was fighting at that time. Right. So now coming through it and coming back to the States, so to speak, and hearing where these kids are now, they're just not aware of what they're doing. I'm so, very aware of it, so that's how I stay away from it because I'm looking at it every day. Yeah. I'm studying it every day. I've gone through it to see trial and error. How important is that uh, I hope that answers your question, James. That's a little piece. Continue, continue. How, how, how important is that pressure? Like, you know, I have this theory that... Uh, he says he has a theory. Yeah, that sounds, yes. that sounds smarter no, it's, than it's it really smart. is. No, it smart. Oh, shit, son. No, but like that, you know, hip-hop was a, was a reaction to... Whatever was fucked up going on right and to, to and, and it, it was a way for people who had this pent-up creativity angst hostility all these things like t- to get that out right right and um you know part of the reason i think that it's become such a powerful global movement is that well one that that people around the world were experiencing a lot of the same feelings yes but also right now the fact, well, yeah, and still are, uh, but also the fact that like it took so long, you know, people don't realize that you know hip hop was around for ten years before the first record was was made and released, right? And was right? successful. Then it was like, yeah, right, we but, like this shit. But you know, for a decade before that, people were trying to express themselves and just wasn't getting anywhere, right? And and so you know, and that, that's in similar, in in some ways, what you've been going through personally, but you know. But as you said, you know, some kid can have an idea, can go in, you know, into his computer, lay it down, put it up on SoundCloud this afternoon, right? And so all of a sudden, that tension is gone. Right. Right. Like, or I can be pissed off about something. I can put it on Twitter. It doesn't solve my problem, but it makes me feel like I've at least expressed myself. And so, you know, I wonder, you know, what does that do to, to the creativity, you know, when there isn't that? Uh, those barriers to, to getting it out there? Uh, very good question. <laughs> there's there's a few ways to look at it. So we'll take the high side first because I hate when people just are just like, the internet killed music, social networks fucked everything up. No, it didn't. Uh, it's it's how it's used. It's the same thing when it comes to guns. It's, it's all about who has the fucking gun. So who has control of the internet and who has these these social media outlets? For one, it connected us around the world in a split second. And now everybody can be communicating. This is this is this moment in time is one where we are the most connected in a split second to anybody sure. around the world. Yeah. Now, how can you not value that? This is this is a moment in time where we get informa- information that would take weeks, months before it reaches, if it even did. If they didn't want you to know about it, you wouldn't. Hence right. all these motherfuckers you're seeing getting killed and all kind of crazy shit and scandals coming out. So it can be used in a positive way. But the other side of it is all the bullshit that's pushed. Mm-hmm. All the personal vendettas and initiatives and just fuckboy antics, as I call them. There's just too much fuckery. And the fuckery clogs up the pipes and can fuck up something that is so 
a blessing and can be turned into a curse. So I see it as a positive because now it gives the power back to the people and they can like what they want to like. But there's certain shit that certain people shouldn't be liking, but they don't know any better. So then this just comes to where you live and what your awareness level is. And so that's what what's they an, take What's up. an example of, of something that we, I'm not we gonna, shouldn't I'm not going to tear down anybody, man. I'm going to let them. <laughs> okay. I'm not no, going to do okay, that. Okay, so you don't have to give us a name. Yeah, because I'll, I'll but, go through a list. But I'll just say there's a lot of people that are, that are having success and there's a lot of movements that aren't really movements, they're bowel movements. And it's it's just it's just, you know, it's it's to it's to further aggravate to to lead people astray while they make their money. For you to make it seem like it's sexy and cool to be on lean and to be on Molly's, right. you're a fuck boy. Yeah. Nobody should be on fucking syrup. And cocaine was so fucking whack. Only rock stars was doing cocaine, okay? You're not supposed to be doing cocaine, especially when you don't have a job and motherfuckers are struggling. Cocaine is not cheap, okay? I say this from experience. I was in Santa Barbara and different places. But I hung with rock stars. So Booger Sugar was fun. Here and there. But I'm a grown-ass man. Different things. But anyway, but when you're pushing that kind of shit on kids and this is what right. you're supposed to do like imagine imagine us when we were kids motherfuckers come up, come, up, come up to us with pills like what the fuck are you doing pills give me some heroin give me some coke give me some crack like it was real as shit back then but you're basically trying to turn people into crackheads via the music like everything you're supposed to be a zombie yeah we're, we're pushing a drug culture where it's it's high escapism Back in the day, they were like, crack is whack. And I don't do dope, but I don't, whatever they would say, like, they were against that shit. Like, to smoke weed was kind of like, mm-hmm. at first, it's like, weed? No, everything is cool, bro. So now, all they're doing in the songs is telling people to be zombies. Right. Don't deal with your problems. Don't face your pain. Don't go get therapy. Go get high. So then you're numb mm-hmm. and you really can take on more bullshit and not know where you are. That's what they're doing in the music. Mm-hmm. Then people are talking about, we in the club, we rich, buying all these cars. No, you're not. You're still living home with your mom or whatever it is. You're, you're faking it till you make it. You got kids out here believing this shit instead of making them feel like, you know what? Even though the education system is fucked up, a smarter person has a better chance to make it out. Mm-hmm. You know what? If you're going to be a drug dealer, let's talk about the drug dealer thing where most of these motherfuckers have never sold drugs. And you hear all the songs right now. And they're like, oh, we're pushing weight. And no, crack is not in the streets like that anymore. Mm-hmm. It's pills. Mm-hmm. It's weed. It's all kind of other shit. So stop trying to make people think there's still an age when you can be scarfaced. That shit's over with. It's not happening like that. Right. Feds done locked down that shit. It's a whole shit done dried up. But this is what they're saying on songs. Coke, coke, coke. Drug dealer, drug dealer. Okay. So if you're going to be a drug dealer, you have to be able to count, right? Because you're making money. You got to figure out how this shit is happening. You got to have the ingredients. So there's a form of chemistry to it. There's a form of intelligence to it. And you have to be able to count. So you guys are not idiots then. Right. But then on top of that, you're violating because you're dry snitching. If mm-hmm. you're so street, you're so hood. Why are you saying it on the song? Mm-hmm. I'll wait. Right. So let's just push all that bullshit to the side. Okay. Let's stop trying to glorify that gel is fucking cool. When has gel ever been fucking cool? Especially if you get pulled over on Friday and you, you get arrested and you and that bitch till Monday, you can finally see a judge. It's not sexy just to begin with on just some DUI shit or just mm-hmm. some fuckboy shit. It's not fun in jail. It's not, it's not fun to be treated like a fucking animal. Let's take a step further and be in prison over some small shit or some big shit. And then you're confined like a fucking animal. And a motherfucker has to tell you when to go piss and when you can eat, when you can think freely, when you can move. Stop trying to make that shit sound like that's sexy. I don't understand that. Now, if you're a closet case and you're really gay 
and secretly you go to jail and prison so you can be around men where they can't judge you instead of just coming to West Hollywood and partying and doing what you want to do. Right. Cool, come out. This is the time when you can be yourself. But stop lying to motherfuckers, making them think you're supposed to have guns, you're supposed to be in gangs, you're supposed to, oh, you're not going to jail, you're not selling drugs, you're not real, that's not real. Being real is being able to maintain a job and feed your children, keep a roof over your head, and stay the fuck out of trouble. Mm -hmm. That's the difference in what people create in the music right now. I'm in the club. Wait, you got bills to pay. How are you in a fucking club? Wait, if you got kids, you should be paying fucking child support. Even if the mom is a fucking dickhead. Take care of your kids. You're mm -hmm. having all this sex. You're crazy. Okay, where are all these diseases? You run around with a lot of crazy shit. Like, it doesn't add up. Right. And so they got these kids living in a crazy world instead of going, man, there's nothing wrong with being able to speak proper English. For some reason, it's like when you, you know, when they, for the stigma, when a black person speaks with proper English, anybody from the inner city is like, you can speak so well. Well, yeah, motherfucker. Can't you? <laughs> you use such big words. Well, if you read, you know, you, you'll get more. You, you'll have more if you stay off a world star alone. So... You have to... You, you shout have out to, to Worldstar. Yeah, shout out to Worldstar. Y'all do a lot of fuckboy shit at the same time. No disrespect, I understand. They like that shit. I watch it sometimes too. It's some goofy shit on there. But then I turn around and I'm on Al Jazeera or some other shit. I gotta, I gotta keep it moving. But um, we have to check that kind of shit because people that are far removed from it have people imitating shit that they're not even doing. Right. They'll be talking about they're doing lean, they're doing all this shit, and they only drink green tea and shop at Whole Foods. They go to organic markets and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, like shit, like, what do they call them on Saturdays? The, the, mm -hmm. the Farmer's market. Yeah, yeah. They'll be there. Right. But they're in the streets and they're trapping. So it, that's what I don't fuck with. Tell people it's all right to be smart. Tell people it's all right to be fucked up and go get therapy. Try to find ways out of it. Stop saying you killing niggas on songs when you ain't killing niggas. Then you mad when the police is killing niggas. This is what happens right. when you're perpetuating self-hate. It's all hatred. It's all self-hatred because we're all human. But you can't be a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. Normally, as humans, we do. We lie. Nobody that says they don't lie is a fucking liar. We lie at times to, to get out of trouble with our woman or whatever the fuck it is. Like, no, I never saw that bitch before. I swear <laughs> I didn't. You know, you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. So don't act right. like anybody's above these. Sure. These mistakes. But when you're a hypocrite and you say this shit and you're staunch on these illusions and these babies out here imitating it because they believe in it, they look up to it. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. That's what I have with what they create on the other side. Mm -hmm. And then they're not true. And they'll be like, fucking gays, fucking faggots. And then I'll see them at a party hugged up with their boyfriend. I'm not pulling anybody's card. I'm just saying what the real is. Mm -hmm. Or I'll see them. What was, what was, the, what was, what was the club? I forget in Miami, and it was it was they were they were the hardcore guys, and they're up there. Mm, Ricky Martin out. It's like so. Stop it. Be you. It's okay. Right. It's okay. But don't perpetuate bullshit. And then you, I, I seen all these cats in the industry, man. I've been here. You know what I mean? It's it's it's, it's comedy. It's laughable. I think that's another reason people are afraid of me because they think I'm gonna make songs about them and expose them. <laughs> my occupation, my religion, it's mine. My own fucking business. Don't worry about it. I'm not gonna do you like that. But that's what I want people to do. I want people I love to be. It brave i want people to be real because what we're missing in the world right now is genuine people and people who stand up on who they are and they're not they're not they're not apologizing for it because if you're not hurting anybody with being who you are fuck it then go forth with that and, and be an inspiration for those that are like you but then the collective is for all of us to be like that because we're all in this shit together we're humans it's just different shades of it same shit different toilets man like uh Mick said to me he said right wing left wing 
it's still the same fucking crazy ass bird. So it doesn't mm-hmm. matter where you stand. I was like, oh, you fucking genius. So fuck all that. Republican, Democrat, independent, undecided, whatever the fuck you are, you humans, you piss, you shit, you cry, you do asshole shit because we all can be dicks on certain days. And, and that's just what it comes down to. That's what I'm against. Okay. Stop that fuckery. Okay. That's what I'm against in the music nowadays and what you see in society. These people have these suits on and because they have suits on in Washington or wherever, you believe them more than a motherfucker at the car wash? I'm listening to a motherfucker at the car wash and this motherfucker in a suit because they're on the best behavior to lie to you. Sure. Real shit. That's, that's what I care about. So I want, switch, Message. <laughs> so switch gears for a minute. Switch gears. Uh, I get long-winded. No, no, it's good. It's good. But, but I, you know, you mentioned social media. Yes. Um, social media. And so how... How much is that important to you? Like, you know, obviously you've had fans that you've developed, you know, over a long time, even without sort of official releases. Yes. Um, And so, how do you how do you keep in touch with fans? You know, how do you think about your relationship to your fans? That's a great question. I think it starts with the music, and then actually being it's actually you on these so-called social media outlets. Like, mm-hmm. if it's Twitter, it's really me. But I have a daughter, so I don't have time to be on fucking Twitter all day long. I have a real life. Like, mm-hmm. that's what I always stress to people when they think they're they're really experiencing time with you. It's like, no, you're on your phone, and I'm on, I'm on my phone a million miles away from you, wherever. Right. We're not really having this conversation, so take that shit off all caps like you're yelling at me. That shit would happen in real life. Yeah. You're not going to approach me like that. Right. It's going to be a different ball game. Yeah. So my shit is always real. And I always tell people whenever, you know, they try to start shit with you or do this and that. I'm like, you're entitled to your opinion. But if you're a fuck boy, you're a fuck boy. But it's just it's 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 not real. And so I'm always reachable through these things. But what I want to be more reachable than myself is the music and is the message and what we're really trying to get across. That's and, and being able to share information. I, that's what I really see it being most important for than it becoming a toilet bowl because now it's just fuckery and porn on there and everything. Let mm-hmm. me find porn on my own time, which I love <laughs> to do. Don't just throw porn in my face. I can go get porn from my favorite sites. So it's it's more about information and connecting with people and breaking down the barriers of there being differences when there's not. So do you have like a, is there like a social media strategy? No. As far as that, or you just go? <laughs> I think I need one. Right. I, I'm just there, man. Yeah. Um, thanks to the guys at Anericom, uh-huh. there's more of an uh, uh, a conscious effort of doing things unified than stuff being all scattered and bipolar. Right. But beyond that, it's the, it's the same agenda as it was before. It's connectivity. Mm-hmm. It's awareness. It's comedy. Uh, it's fun. It's serious. Yeah. It's outspoken. Uh, it's it's everything. It's just being really human and 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 giving people the culture, the lifestyle that I'm trying to, trying to trying to trying to bring to their to their to the to the forefront, so to speak. Okay. So speaking of strategy, strategy. What's the what's the game plan moving forward? Just greater music, greater connectivity, greater servitude. I don't I don't I don't know I don't know I'm just I'm just here to 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 move to move the movement in a real direction. What's going to what's gonna feel like a win? It already feels like a win because I fought 11 years. Mm-hmm. Um, to, 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 to come full circle and me and Dre to finally get to sit down and make peace, and it's just like we were before, big brother, little bro, and be back in the driver's seat as far as I have pure control over my destiny. 
again, I think I always did, despite whatever obstacles you saw physically in your way. But through overcoming all that and staying the course of what you believe in, it's uh, it's a testament to intestinal fortitude. It's a it's a it's a it's a testament to faith. And no matter what the odds on some David and Goliath shit, keep going mm-hmm. because things can change, especially if it's sincere. If it's true. So that's the win for me already. Through it all, I'm me. I've seen a lot of people go through this machine. Yeah. And they're not the same. Sure. They've lost their soul. They've lost their principles. They've lost their self-respect. I didn't lose any of that. Mm-hmm. It's it's reinforced. It's greater. The message is bigger. I'm happier than I ever fucking was. Even when I was signed, I wasn't happy as I am now. Mm-hmm. So look at the difference. So for me, that's 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 the win to begin with because I'm here and people are receiving the music the way I always wanted them to and it's uninterrupted despite whatever obstacles go on you know on the on the business side with just setting everything up being independent and and putting the money together not having the money to do it like you want to but just giving it to the people mm-hmm. and it's manifesting and it's and it's starting to resonate all over the world yeah so I know um... that's sexy thank you <laughs> and and you know we're talking about consciousness and you know and and messages and so i saw uh some support from chuck d yeah um talk who, about wins yeah so how do <laughs> how do, what does that do for you everything just because growing up i was a huge public enemy fan and i remain a huge public enemy fan and i take up that that flag of consciousness and being outspoken because of Chuck D, mm-hmm. because of the whole public enemy movement. So it's an honor to see it received by those who took the steps before you. So to have your hip hop heroes grab the music themselves, we didn't send it to Chuck D. Chuck D found it somehow just through it moving. That's just the energy of it. And then fans started hitting me like, yo, I just heard Un American on Chuck D's show. I didn't it didn't it didn't register to me. I was like, huh, Chuck D show. Maybe he's saying some shit together with something, something, something. Mm-hmm. And then I saw Chuck D tweeting about it and it was just fucking awesome. And I've been trying to get to Chuck for a long time and now here here he is and it's the biggest honor for me to say to say that it's it's kinda like it's that nod to say, you're doing it right. Keep mm-hmm. going. Mm-hmm. You know, to have people in my corner like Gina Belafonte and Mr. Harry Belafonte and to get a call from a, another hero of mine like Michael Bearden. And he's like, yo, me and me and Mr. Belafonte are working on some stuff and uh, we want to get you involved. It's saying everything. For me, being uh, a historian and a fan of a disciple of the civil rights movement, um, all these things... All these things are parallel for me, so it's 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 an awesome feeling. I just want to keep going in the right direction. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that shit is sexy. That's all. That's all I can say. You know, to play the album for Dre, and him just be breaking his neck and going, "This shit is, this shit is, this shit is incredible." Like, you know, it's fun. It's finally fun. And this was, this is still my hero and somebody I look up to. I just want to learn the SSL board from him now. Like, that's the biggest lesson for me. It's like being, when I finally got to meet Quincy Jones, like, oh, that shit, I'm I'm, 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 I'm going to shut up. But yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's it's working. Yeah. Stay the Uh, course. uh, We're almost out of time. I know. That's why I'm trying to shut the fuck up. No, 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 that's good. (laughs) But I do have one kind of political question you mentioned. Go ahead, playboy. (laughs) You know, you mentioned the, the civil rights movement. It seems like right now, uh, a lot of those um, issues are being revisited in certain ways. And, um, you know, it, it seems like there was a lot of 
uh, unprocessed emotion, mm-hmm. you know, related to that, which I think is no no real surprise, but it, it so happens that a lot of that's playing out right now publicly. Um, what do you what are you most hopeful about in in that situation? I need a I I need you to well, so you give know me a better point because there's so much shit. <laughs> well, look, you know, you know, so much fuckery. There is, and so right now we're seeing you know all these shootings pop up on social media on the news um, protests. You know, we had Snoop and Game out you know with a peaceful protest. Stuff happening in Dallas that wasn't peaceful. Right. Um, where the right. guy got blown up with a robot, but his wallet survived. He had a he had a black box wallet. It's all so interesting. Mm. Crazy, right? So, uh, <laughs> you know, and then how convenient. Didn't didn't they kill one of our greatest presidents there too? They sure did. Oh wow, snipers, mm, Texas magic bullets. So mess with Texas. Oh, interesting. Continue. Um, Conspiracies. They are real. Continue. <laughs> so what I'm saying is that you know. This stuff is not new, but it's nope. but it's playing out right now in the election season on a national stage. Convenient too. Right? Yes. Of course. And mm-hmm. you know, a lot of what uh, a lot of what Trump is getting people to talk about Love that guy. is relative you Love know, is relevant hair. to those same issues, those same emotions that people have on every side of that discussion, right? And so what I guess what I'm saying is like you know, it's easy to say, well, shit is fucked up right now. Yes. What I'm wondering is, within that context, what gives you hope? Well, I mean, the first thing that does have to be said is shit is fucked up. Too many people jump on TV and everybody has an opinion of what the cause of it is. Mm-hmm. And, well, we go back to, hey, the shit's never stopped. Right. We didn't win. Like, that's the thing that people always forget. We didn't win during the civil rights movement. They forget Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. got assassinated. Mm -hmm. We didn't fucking win. Mega Evers got assassinated. Malcolm X got assassinated. We Mm -hmm. didn't fucking win. So then we were pacified with certain things being passed, but people were still getting hung from trees back then. People were still vanishing and never being seen again. It just wasn't social media then. So this is not new. Everything's coming to a head because we do have Big Brother in a way we never had it before. But at the same time, there seems to be initiatives to incite and cause division. Because motherfuckers have been wanting the, the fourth right to rise. Motherfuckers want the South to win again. That's why they're still throwing the Confederate flags. They can say, no, we just, we believe in a time that America was this and that. No, remember what that time was. You were happy with fucking having slaves. So don't act like that shit is all right. Understand what you're doing and why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Genocide has always existed. You're not going to acknowledge that there's been all kind of genocides. You're not going to acknowledge that motherfuckers have been murdered at a level that they shouldn't be. It's not just racism. There's an abuse of power. That's what you're missing because when they go, well, it's all Black Lives Matter shit. You know, all lives matter. Yes, they do. But who are they shooting more than anybody else? Let's let's figure that out first. Mm-hmm. They're also shooting so many people in the Latin community. But guess what? Right. They're shooting white people too because police are just fucked up. They're getting too much uh, surplus military equipment and they want to be Call of Duty. You're right. not fucking Call of Duty and you need therapy. And you don't know how to deal with the people in the communities that you're policing. There's a lot of fucked up things going here, but we got to start with the bottom line. There has to be more responsibility taken by the police themselves. And these guys need therapy. Mm-hmm. Their job is not easy. 
And the way they profile us, we profile them. Because you see a cop get by, you like, oh, shit, what did I do? You of nervous course. any fucking way. Yeah. So we got to start with the real problems first. And it's on a level of the power and the way that it's being dispensed. And the way that it's being then looked at where, oh, because they're the brotherhood. I got friends that are cops. Mm-hmm. So I hear it from both sides. Yeah, of course. So the brotherhood is not going to talk bad about the brotherhood. They're going to, you know, be like, Public statements are, you know, we're, we got to investigate this, but they're going to stick together because that's just the code. Anybody that really knows. Mm-hmm. So we have to start addressing things there and go, racism is real. Remember, it's like, well, you got a black president now. Racism doesn't exist. Okay, what the fuck now? Mm-hmm. It does exist. And this is because there is a breakdown of communication and there's a divide in people just being people. We're all people. If you let children play together, it's not going to be no fucking issues. It's the cocksucker parents that have the bullshit that they were born up with to say that you're better than that person. Just let fucking people be. So so is there is there something within all that that, that gives you hope? I'm, I'm, I'm loving how people are starting to come together, but they have to realize that you... <laughs> protesting marching isn't going to change anything you're going to and i say this because guess what they did it in the 60s mm-hmm. and all you do is wear out your shoes and the only thing you're putting pressure on is the grass okay let's be real about shit you're blocking traffic mm-hmm. you're taking off from work for money you need anyway when they keep laying off more people and our jobs keep getting sourced overseas and then they make you mad and make you think the foreigners took them you're, you're missing the real picture of these corporations. You're missing the real picture of stop calling it the government, start finding out who's really doing it and start really unifying to make more efforts and hurt them where it hurts the most and it's in their pockets. Mm-hmm. Because marching's not going to do nothing except make you a bigger target for them to send out and have all their riot gear on their tanks. Because under contracts, they have to use it anyway if they want to keep getting it for that good price. Mm-hmm. You have to do the research instead of just thinking, we're going to go out here, we're going to do it like the Black Panthers did. Damn, mate, they killed most of the Black Panthers too. So... We have to make a distinction between what was in the past and where we are in the present because now they're more prepared. Now when you protest, you have to get it cleared months ahead before you can even do it. So, hmm, don't you think they're going to be ready for you? Do you really think that you can overthrow something that's been perfected over how many times we've had up, 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 uprisings mm-hmm. during the riots? They're ready for this shit. So mm-hmm. don't think you're going to go out of here and throw rocks and throw stones like it's TNM Square and stand in front of a tank. Here they're going to run you over. And mm-hmm. they're going to blame it on you. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't move, you know, so <laughs> he was walking into the tank. I didn't see him, baby. But I have mm-hmm. hope that people are more conscious of all this and really start to do their history. Yeah, I'm liking how people now are going back and starting to check out, you know, Dr. Mother King Jr.'s speeches and Malcolm X speeches and just different people, Gandhi, whatever they want to do. But at least they're trying to do something. But it's one thing to be a Twitter activist. It's another thing to really be physically active. It's good to be active on these networks to pass messages. But right. then you have to really physically be in the streets and understand what's going on from the level that it needs to be fixed at. But it starts with the people and there being communication. As long as people say, I'm a Republican, I'm a Democrat, we're going to be fucked Mm -hmm. because you're all human beings. You just want your money taken care of and the way you want your country ran a certain way. Just like how you do shit in your house, how you do shit in your house. How you like your cocaine is how you like your cocaine. You know what I'm saying? There's just preference settings. But at the end of the day, it's just fucking people. And that's what we keep missing. So as long as there's a divide and you're white wing, you're you're left wing, I'm for the NRA, I'm against this and I want gun control, we're going to be fucked. We have to start at the human level and go... People are dying. People are being killed. And we need justice, no matter what color. Now, you know, they're seeing um, white people are getting killed by police. Guess what? Because people are getting killed. It's not mm-hmm. just black people. Get, it's everybody. So mm-hmm. this is a problem for everybody. 
Yeah. Stop being where you just listen to Bill O'Reilly and he's right and it's because of Black Lives Matter all this shit is happening. No, motherfucker, it's not like that. It's not that simple. Stop taking what people say for the, the, the Bible and do the research. Just like mm-hmm. I said, everything I just said, it's bullshit until you test it out. Sure. I like testing theories. I believe in science. As much as I'm spiritual, I'm scientific as fuck. Mm-hmm. I'm a Tesla fan to the heart, so I want to experiment with every fucking thing and come to my own conclusions. So I'm sure in what the fuck I'm saying before I say something to somebody. And so that's that's what I'm hopeful for, though. I'm going to shut the fuck up. I think we ran out of time. No. Yeah, we are out of time, but <laughs> I have a couple of lightning round questions. Go ahead. Uh, last, Jeopardy. Last great book you read. Ooh. Uh, ooh. Hmm. Damn, man. I, um. I read a lot. So I guess right now, for me, The Master Key System is the last great book I've read. Uh, Before The Master Key System, uh, Pedagogy of the Oppressed. Uh, I forget I forget who, who, who wrote it right we'll now. We'll look it up. Yeah. That's great. But uh, it's a lot of weirdo books. It's That's been a good. lot of books. Uh, yeah, yeah. But Master Key System is one of my favorite books right now because okay. it teaches you how to redesign how you think and how you process thought and the emotions you attach to thought and how you think because you can be so conditioned by a million things being thrown at you every day that you don't take the time to really control what you're taking in and what you're putting out. Yeah. So yeah. Nice. There you go. Uh, Any more? Yeah. Uh, is there one part of your daily routine that's most important? Besides masturbation? <laughs> it might be that. <laughs> Ah, facts have shown that more masturbation decreases the chances of prostate cancer, guys. Keep that in mind. That's probably anyway, true. Anyway, anyway, hey, hey. But um, m- being still for me and sitting in silence is so important for us as human beings because we've we've been forced to think that everything that we experience every day when we leave our home is normal. Being in traffic, the way we're in traffic, being downtown with all these towering fucking metallic things and all this noise and shit coming at you sideways, trying to cross streets and look at your phone at the same time and type shit like you can't get hit by a car or get mugged. That's not normal. Mm -hmm. And it's sad that people think society should be this way. So, so when when do you do that? Do you have like a day, daily meditation practice? Whenever my daughter goes to sleep or she's yeah. with her mom, uh, you, you have to take time to be still before things get too overwhelming and re- remember that this is not normal. Yeah. And you have to pinch yourself because we're seeing so much violence. We're seeing so much fucked up shit on the daily that we become numb to it. Look, mm-hmm. oh, another mass shooting or oh, another hashtag. Somebody else got, oh, yeah. That's right. not how we're supposed to be. This shit's yeah. supposed to be shocking like when we first saw Faces of Death back in the day. Now we're seeing Faces of Death like like, shit to the umpteenth power yeah so that's what you need to do for yourself and that's what i do for me i invite anybody out there take that time and realize that the condition that the world is in it's not normal for us mm-hmm. it's not normal for the world the mm-hmm. world is fighting us because we're fighting it then we're fighting each other and it's all fighting time and it's only a it's only a matter of time before it all it all it's all fucked okay message uh, anything else do you have a favorite dj oh that's not fair i can't answer that question i got too many ill djs give me three Repmatic, DJ Revolution, and I got to say my own DJ, DJ Beans, just because that's who DJs for me. So. Nice. But yeah, it's too that's many. Great. It's too many. I don't want anybody mad at me. No, no, that's good. Yeah. That's, we know there's a... He forced me. He said three. Uh, where where do we find you online, and, and how do people get involved with, with Pledge Music and all that? Oh, man. Go to bishoplamont.com and go directly to Pledge Music, and you can pre-order um, the reformation. Um, I'm on Twitter, Bishop Lamont one Facebook, Instagram, 
uh, all that shit. Just, just, just type in Bishop Lamont. Shit'll pop up. You see ignorant shit, and it's me. Dope. Yeah, uh, that's all I can say. Uh, Man, thanks for coming through. That was a very, very dope interview. I thank you. Hopefully, it. you get a part two, and then I can stay focused on one subject and not go off on a tangent. And then we can. Yeah, man, come get back. Some real answers. Come back. I want to hear. You know, after the record comes out, and you know the world tour or whatever's next, uh, yeah. come back and check oh, in with us. And I'm doing an album with Mad Lib. Okay. That's just That's important. crazy. Yeah, me and him finally hooked up, so I'm going to go see Egon later today. Nice. And yeah, It's a lot of fun shit coming, so I'm, I'm, I'm just happy to be here. Dope. Message. Bishop, thanks, man. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me, sir. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed that. I like the hell out of it. That dude had a lot of good things to say, and I can't imagine the shit he's gone through. Thanks for listening. Make sure you support our sponsors, Wix.com and Boxed.com. Hit them both up. Tell them Rebel Radio sent you. Hit us up on Twitter at Rebel Radio Net. Find us on Facebook and leave us a review on iTunes. And most importantly, come back next week. We're going to totally change things up with uh, my new friend, Allie, from ASM Requests. I know you don't know what that is, but you will after next week. Peace.